This episode is proudly sponsored by The Helix, a new innovation district located in New Brunswick, New Jersey, the heart of the Northeast Corridor. The Helix provides a critical ecosystem for innovation by offering a range of physical environments, a vibrant community of leading innovators, and a strategic central location on the Northeast Corridor. The Helix will uniquely mix workspaces, classrooms, laboratories, venues, and collaborative environments creating a dynamic community and setting for innovative minds. Universities, startups, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, researchers, and many others will all call the Helix home. Thus far, the Helix has assembled a community of innovative private and public organizations, such as Rutgers Health, the New Jersey Innovation Hub, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, universities from Ireland and Israel, and others. The Helix is where ideas will come to life. To learn more, visit helixnj.com. From nj.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights, with your hosts, Steve Politi and Rutgers insiders, Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Rant. Thanks for joining us. Back after a 66-7 victory over Wagner, or Pat, as I like to call them, Swagner. <laughs> so, so just inside joke here, Pat Pat Lanny's been calling him Swagner. And uh, on, on the Twitter, I jumped in and, and stole it from him. And he looked at me in the press box like, you, you were legitimately hurt when I did that, by the way. Have you recovered? Um, yeah, it is. Listen, when you got swag like Steve Politi, you can steal it. So I can you are like master of the podcast. All right. Fair enough. Uh, all right. So big victory. Most points in a, a game for Rutgers since I was in college. So a long time ago. And so I wake up Sunday morning, guys, in my first email, the very first email. We had spent the entire, I thought, our entire coverage trying to explain, hey, look, guys, it was Wagner. It was Wagner. You know, let's kick it with a grain of salt. It was Wagner. The first email was, of course, um, you know, this, this is Wagner, not Ohio State, right? So I want to just start this entire podcast. You like my dumb fan voice, by the way? Do you like that? Was that was like, that's like Letterman used to use that same, used to use that same uh, dumb voice when he was on. When, you know who Dave Letterman is? Oh, forget it. <laughs> you, you, you nailed it. You nailed the fan voice. And by the way, if we're going to keep making you feel old, I wasn't born the last time Rucker scored this many points oh, in a game. So that's just, great. just pile on. Thanks for, thanks for pointing that out. Um, so yeah, so this entire podcast is get the let's get the disclaimer out of the way. We know Wagner stinks. We were there. We saw it. We can still talk about the game. Eighty-four Rutgers players played. It was exactly what Greg Shannon wanted it to be. Easy victory. A lot of guys got in the field. So I'm gonna give. I'm gonna throw this out for you guys both to start this thing off. Give me one real takeaway from the game that isn't Wagner related. That is something that you saw there that that carries over against real competition that was encouraging. Yeah. I thought, you know, I do think that Evan Simon, I've been probably jumping the horse here a bit to get into the quarterback conversation, but I do think Evan Simon showed that his baseline level is at very least serviceable. And that yeah, again, it's Wagner. He made all the throws that you should make. I think it's encouraging. And the flip side of that obviously is that Wimsat did not make some of those throws, but I think if we're going to take away something positive from that, I would say that Evan Simon you know, did what he had to do, showed that he is at worst serviceable. Yeah, he looked comfortable. I mean, that's the best way you can put it. I mean, he ran the offense. He, he made a lot of good throws. He did, you know, makes good decisions. The two-minute offense, he, he did well. Uh, yeah, we'll dive into the quarterbacks here in a minute. Pat, was there anything in that game that you thought, that you saw looking back that was a positive non-Wagner thing? 
I like what I liked what you wrote about the defense having showing signs of being really good. I think that was very accurate. So I won't steal your thunder on that. I'll go with for the second week in a row, the running back dynamic and duo of Kyle Manungai and Al Shadi Salam. Right. To me, looks like that perfect combination of speed and power. One guy runs between the tackles and the other guy is an outside the tackles guy. So I think two weeks in a row, you're seeing a really good combination of that rushing attack, which now I think Brian had the stat ranks in the top 10 in the nation in yards per game. Right. And I, and I agree with you totally on that too. I thought that, that, you know, we saw the running game worked well against Boston college. It worked well against Wagner. I think it might work well against a lot of teams on the schedule. And I, I like what Eric Legrand said today at the, uh, the pre, which is a cool thing they do, by the way, if you're on, if you're on the Twitter, they do a little pre press conference show. Now where the grands in it's given his thoughts. Uh, and he pointed out that I know, like I was one of the fans who are like, all right, are they going to throw the ball here against Wagner? But that first drive, it's still an extension of building confidence of showing the offensive line could block people, you know, and just another dominant, Hey, look, this is what, this is going to be our strength. We're going to run the ball. We've got a better offensive line this year. I think that's a positive that's going to carry over to, to the rest of the games. I mean, you know, again, this is a second straight good game for the line against Wagner. True, but positive, right? I mean, that's good. That's good news. Absolutely. And like you said, they came out and ran the ball 11 straight times. So Take those. Take the last drive from Boston College. Take the first drive from Wagner. That's pretty much exactly what I think Greg Schiano wants to be a Masham type team. Right. Absolutely. All right. Quarterbacks. I mean, it was we we, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but Evan Simon was the better quarterback in that game. I don't think there's any questions uh, about that. That said, <laughs> um, the two things that Gavin Wimshead did in that game that stand out to me, oh, it just trumped a lot of the nice things that Evan Simon did the law, the, the long throw. I wrote it during the, I wrote about it. I, I tweeted it. I'm just not sure I've seen a ball with that much zip on it. Maybe too much zip. You, you pointed this out in Fonseca in your film review, you know, he did overthrow him a little bit, but just such a, just an amazing throw. Number one, number two, the run again, this, you know, that that's a weapon. I mean, he's, he's a really good runner, and I'm surprised we haven't seen more of it from him. I think we will see more of him from him when he's out there. As, as good as Evan Simon is, is running the, uh, as, as good as he is in running with the short passes, Brian, you have to factor that in that that's a big part of why Gavin Wimsat's out there. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think we're, we keep, I keep rehashing this point, but really it is like the ceiling versus the floor. Gavin has to make those throws. Those He, he missed every throw he made behind the line of scrimmage, you have to be able to complete those throws to be, you know, a competent quarterback and be able to run an offense. Again, some of that was a couple of those passes hit his receivers on the hands, right. but he didn't do them any favor because he's, he's lacking that touch. Like you mentioned on that deep throw, maybe that's a pass that needs more touch. And obviously the, the his ability to throw that ball with that kind of zip, that power, that's something that no one other quarterback on the roster, no other quarterback in Rutgers for the past probably decade can do. Yeah. So it's a good sign. It's just, you know, it's, there's a time and place that probably was not the right time and place. And the running, I think we could all agree, is probably his best attribute right now in his game. I think he shows an ability to take advantage of any space that opens up in the zone reads and run. He had a 28-yard run, run against Wagner. He had, a, I think, a 38-yard one against Boston College. Uh, so he shows it. He still has to work on his decision-making one. Uh, there was a play where after the interception, he's running the ball, and he could probably, he should probably either throw it out of bounds or run out of bounds. And he picks the third option, which is the worst one of running into three different guys waiting to tackle him. That's right. going to get him hurt if it's a team that's not Wagner. On the interception, really another throw that he should either throw out of bounds, run out of bounds, 
Uh, and Greg Shell pointed out pointed this out in, in the post game press conference. The thing with Gavin is like the signs are there. Like you can see why people rated him so highly. You can see why people so much put so much hope in him in the future. But at least I am surprised at how far away he is from putting it together. It feels like there's a decent amount of steps before he can kind of put anything resembling a complete game together. How we're in the press conference today, and and, and Greg Shan, I think you asked him actually about where they are with the quarterbacks, and it seems like they're just exactly where they were before the first game. I and mean, I don't think there's any signs that he's not going to play two guys. Uh, they seem to be comfortable with it. You know, what did he say about the development overall? And and are we wrong that he has to pick a quarterback? I mean, have we reached a point that okay, maybe this is maybe this team is functioning just fine with this. I mean, Florida won a national championship, right? With two quarterbacks, one, of course, Tebow. But what, what about the development was that the interception was the same one he threw against Boston College. And right. if we're going to make mistakes, we, as in Gavin and I, we need to make different mistakes. You need to learn from those mistakes. So I think he, you nailed it. He is definitely comfortable playing two quarterbacks. And the big question, what is this going to look like when Federal returns? It's going to be incredible. He was asked about that today, right? And he clearly... I don't know. He left the door open that Vedro might play. I, don't, I think maybe an inch, right? I mean, Vedro's not going to play this week. Yeah, yeah, I would be stunned if he, he played this week. He uh, said he's pressing, but no more after Tuesday and Wednesday's practices. I, I mean, it'd be it'd be kind of feels silly to rush him back for Temple. That said, I mean, Iowa—that's a different story. I, I yeah, I, I think there's a chance that we will have a three three-headed monster quarterback. Because I, I do believe that Noah Vegg will play right away when he's back. Because I think they do trust him in the Big Ten games. I mean, you need a guy with experience. So, all right, let's go to the flip that, side. The defense. Really oh, quick, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go sorry. Ahead. Yeah, I just think it'll be an interesting conundrum that, assuming they beat Temple like we all expect, if and again, this is all hypothetical, but if Noah comes back for the Iowa game and you have three quarterbacks, you probably have to play him, but you're three and oh, yeah. you want to disrupt that, that mojo into going to, you know, a pretty big game. I mean, it's not like I was not going to score a hundred points, right? You only really need 17 points to beat them. Yeah. So yeah. do you want to interrupt that? Whatever rhythm you have between these two guys ruin the young guys confidence in that we won three games and we still aren't able to keep our jobs. So that'll be again, like really, really interesting how they manage to work with all of that. That is a great point. All right. Uh, defensive side of the ball, uh, you know, I, I wrote about it and this was my observation. And every time I look at it, I, I you know, you say, all right, I knew the defensive line was going to be good. They are good. Rotating eight guys in there. They're all physical up front. You know, they weren't great rushing the pass against Wagner. I don't know what, maybe who the heck knows why, but still only allowed 111 yards. You know, I knew the I knew the defensive backs were going to be good. I didn't know Robert Longerman was going to be this good. So now they got now they got two guys who are just absolute studs. They got depth at that position. You know, we haven't seen it from Izian yet, but we know he's a he's a good safety, a ball hawk guy. I mean, that's going to be good. Now I look at the linebackers, and I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> Tyree Powell, he, like he just sticks out on the field. He's athletic. He's huge, long. Fast. I mean, this is, I thought that that was going to be a weakness to the position, but now I'm not sure that's a weakness. I mean, is this defense, Brian, you think it's better than we thought it was going to be? Tyron really does look like, like a big 10 linebacker. Doesn't he, he does. Yes. He, he could be built on, you know, Isaiah Pacheco's legacy and become the next great star out of Island. If he keeps this up, I agree. I think we mistook in the, all, the preseason that I, th- I still think the depth at linebacker is very thin, but we probably misunderestimated how good the top two guys are. Deion Jennings has been really solid. Tyron Powell has been, like you said, just lights out so far, really impressed with him. So yeah, maybe, I think maybe we'll learn more once they play, you know, Iowa or they play Ohio State or, you know, better teams. But I really think that they could not have impressed more than 
the two games they've had so far. And, and Pat, that's the problem. I mean, they, 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 they're one injury away from a disaster there, whereas at least along the DL and, and in the defensive backfield, they haven't, they don't, they don't have that same problem. But second in the nation against a run, doesn't matter who you're playing. I mean, certainly the competition matters, but that's a great sign. It, absolutely. And coming off of Boston College, Remember the, the whole talk leading up to Boston College, sorry, was that they have the, one of the best quarterbacks in, in, in the nation and he's going to be a future NFL right. player. But they, they had a couple of takeaways in that game. They got to him and the secondary mostly held up. I, I think what you wrote was perfectly spot on. Always helps that Jason McCourty was available to just jump on and put a tape recorder in front of him and let him talk. Because as you pointed out today, Funsuck, and I think in, in a Cratch level uh, film review, uh, he's really good. <laughs> he's a great talker. He's good on TV, right? I mean, man. Yeah, me and him are both uh, rising media stars here. Thank you for the uh, the honor of saying it was a cracks level. I'm I'm, I'm truly good. honored. Right. That's uh, that's. But, but again, again, it was Wagner. It was Wagner. Exactly. Yeah. See if you can do it against Temple. All right. Let's that dive into true or false. <laughs> true or false. We've got some good topics here. You guys will probably by now know what the first three true or falses are going to be, but I'll do it anyway. All right. True or false. That settles it. Evan Simon is the guy. Fonseca, are you that certain? True or false? As much as I liked what I saw, I'll say false. All right. Manny? False for me as well. Okay. Going false. True or false? Come on, Politi. You know it's still Gavin Wimsat's team. What do you think? Is that true, Brian? At the moment, false. False. Yeah. Pat? False. Yeah, false. false. It's it's still a toss up. All right. True or false. We are simply waiting for the Vedral train to leave the station. Brian, true or false? True, true. True, true. True, true. <laughs> I love it. Pat, true or false? Great. That's great. I, I can't top that. So just yeah, true. Don't even try. Yeah, I uh, I think we're heading that direction, folks. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how the fan base reacts. All right. True or false? This is an interesting one. The best young player versus Wagner, Rashad Rochelle. True or false? I'll go false. Oh, okay. Interesting. Pat, true or false? False. False. Okay. Two falses. I'm going to go true because I was really impressed with him. So I can't wait to see who you guys come up with. Uh, all right. True or false? Rutgers should stop playing these FCS teams. Fun set guy. How do you feel about these teams? True or false? True, but it's not their fault. Oh, okay. True. Pat? False. False. All about the money. All right. Uh, I'm going to go absies on this one. I'll explain why in a minute. Uh, true or false? The real reason Greg Schiano is playing Wagner. Fiscal responsibility. <laughs> true or false? Brian, what do you got? I'll say half true. Half true? Okay. Pat? I, I literally just gave you the dollar signs in my finger. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they can't see that end of it. Uh, no, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. I That's false. I had, to, I had to giggle when he said that at his press conference because it was like, I mean, we kind of learned at this point that, you know, saving money is not Greg Shannon's goal here, but I loved it. He did say at the press conference and I, I get it. So that that's part of it, certainly, but I'm going to go false. All right. True or false. The boardwalk was the best idea Rutgers has had in years. Fonseca, you were out there. True or false? Uh, fan wise, I'll say true. It sure beats that hot tub they had against Washington. That's <laughs> true. It's, it's a low bar to clear. Pat, true or false? Half true. Can we come back to it? Or are you want to yeah, that give it to me now. Why not? Hit me. I love the I love the knight statue a little bit more. Is my oh, that's a good one. Yes, okay. Ron Garuti again, fan of the pod, will be very happy to hear you say that. All right, finally, true or false? Rutgers will be favored against Nebraska. Brian, you are our you are. What would Vin? What would Vin say about this? Your man, Vin. True or false? 
I cannot believe I'm saying this. True. Wow. Okay. Do you agree, Pat? I still, I can't say, I can't say true because I, in our, our preseason predictions, I said Rutgers biggest upset was going to be Nebraska. So yeah. out of like pure, pure uh, respect for my preseason writing, I have to say false. Yeah. I could still see Vegas making Nebraska like a two or three point fair. I, I, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't, maybe it's just the name that still sticks out to me, but I'm going to go false as well. All right. Good one though. Let's, I mean, got so many things to talk about. All right. I want to know who your young guy is because I, I, I mean, I really did like, uh, Rashad Rashad, I mean, this, you know, the, on the roster as a wide receiver, clearly was a running back in this game, you know, had a little Debo Samuel in him. I mean, certainly that's, that's a, he's not on that level yet. He's just a kid. I get it. But, uh, thought he was active. He was fast. He, you know, I mean, they used him in kind of creative ways. He had a little bit of Crushank. You asked that question to Shanna today and he agreed with that. Fonseca, who's your guy then? If it's not, if, if the best youngest player out there was not him, who is it? I'm going with Chris Long who made that. Incredible right. catch on the Wimsat touchdown. That's a good one. Uh, and he was uh, robbed of a catch from the stats crew. They, uh, for some reason, mistook him with Alshadi Salam. He had a catch from, I believe, Evan Simon, where he gained a few yards. Yeah, sorry, Pat. It looks like I took <laughs> I took your guy. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought he was really good. I think he um, he's a guy that really could t- take advantage of, of, you know, Taj Harris moving on from the program. I think he can uh, use some reps, and, and uh, he has a chance of being – one of the top wide receivers in the roster. I really, really, really liked what I saw from him. Yeah, good point. He's that is a good one. So he stole yours, Lanny. You got to come up with one now. Pressure's on. The, I was doing that because I I saw Chris Long make that catch, and I was writing the young players piece, and I that stat would have put him as the leading receiver for the team, but he never. The stats never came in. They never so fixed he it. Technically, wasn't the leading. Yeah, they never fixed it. All right. So who do you so got? Now, who do you got? You got somebody else? My my answer is not long. I thought Jordan Thompson uh, played really well on the defensive line, and he was one of those guys that was rotating in even in the first quarter. He had like four or five tackles, one for loss. So I think he's even more of a guy that's going to be not just playing in blowouts. That's a guy. That's a good one. I one I hadn't thought about. So that that that's a good job by you. Uh, what else do we want to talk about here? Oh yeah, the F- FCS. So I mean, go ahead, Fonseca. Tell me tell me what your thoughts are with. And I know it's not a Rutgers thing. It's NCAA. But hit 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 me your thoughts. So it's not, everyone does it, right? Uh, Alabama does it. That's the obvious counterpoint of saying, why should Rutgers do it? Well, Alabama, the team that's won a billion national titles does it every year. So it's not, I'm not faulting the teams for doing this. I'm faulting the NCAA for allowing these poor FCS programs to let their kids get their brains absolutely beat in. I mean, the poor Wagner punter, that poor kid. (laughs) Greg Shiano was saying that it's a great experience for the kids, which I mean, I'm sure it's cool to come out and play at Chai Stadium in front of a pretty decent-sized crowd. But you think that poor punter is going to remember that Saturday fondly? Yeah. That kid almost, you know, <laughs> so he had a rough go there that first half. So I think uh, the NCAA should just not allow this to happen. They should make FBS teams play FBS teams. I, from our standpoint, I think we can all agree that the Boston College game had so much more juice, so much more to write about, so much more anticipation. It was so much more exciting to cover than a game that really it was over before it, it happened. I thought – in the spring game, I had more things to prepare for than, than this game that really you saw in the first drive that Wagner had no chance against Rutgers. So I, I think that uh, the NCAA should for once do something outlaw it and don't, don't let it happen. And that, all right. So to your point, I, I agree with where you're coming from. I also understand why Craig Shannon wants to play this game. If you're going to schedule a win, schedule a win. I understand what he's saying about the preseason. You want to, you know, we don't get a preseason. So he wants to have a game early in the season when a lot of guys play. I get all that. It's just that Wagner was just so bad. I mean, there's got to be 
and I get it. Like, you know, pull, I got pull any. What do you want here? You don't want a bad team. You, you understand why we shouldn't schedule a good team. The helix is coming. That's right. Ground is broken. Foundations are being laid and the plans are being realized. For those that have not yet heard, the Helix is a new innovation district in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Smack dab in the middle of the Northeast Corridor, the Helix is a place for innovators to gather and innovation to take action. It offers a range of physical environments, a vibrant innovation community, and a strategic central location in close proximity to New York, Philly, Boston, and D.C. The Helix will uniquely mix workspaces, classrooms, laboratories, venues, and collaborative environments creating a dynamic community and setting for innovative minds. Universities, startups, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, researchers, and many others are already signing up to call the Helix home. Thus far, the Helix has assembled a community of innovative private and public organizations such as Rutgers Health, the New Jersey Innovation Hub, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, universities from Ireland and Israel, and others. The Helix is coming. Visit helixnj.com to learn more. It's got to be a happy medium out there somewhere. Can't we? Can't you gonna get someone with a you know doesn't have a, pro, a team that doesn't have five foot eight defensive backs who run you know four eight forties? It's got to be a team that they could find that's not quite that bad. That'd be my point. Lanny, finish this up here with your thoughts on this one. Okay, I, I was thinking while you were saying that who is the team? Maybe it was Monmouth. That game got canceled, right? A little local game. Monmouth has been a good FCS team. So I think that would have been the perfect one. But, but I, why I'm pro FCS, it's financially responsible. Everybody, a little bit of confidence. So like you said, schedule win. If you're going to schedule a win, schedule a win. That's my final takeaway, which is well said by you. All right. Uh, what else we got here? Any uh, Brad, Brad? I mean, you want to just talk about Nebraska for a minute, Brian? I mean, that's uh, that's wild. They, could, they just can't. I mean, they rather give Scott Frost seven and a half million dollars than wait uh 19 days that's pretty I'm not, that's pretty amazing you got to be pretty bad at your job for that to happen i mean that's crazy the rationale i read from some people out in lincoln was that trev alberts the ad had to show some pulse had to show the fan base that someone's paying attention and that it's unacceptable to lose to georgia southern and for the first time this is the first time that program has ever lost a game at home while they scored 35 points that's an that's unbelievable wild. stat it's that unbelievable wild. yeah they've been I mean, that, a long time that defense couldn't stop Wagner, I don't think, the way they were playing. It was terrible. Clay Helton, by the way, or Todd Helton, Clay Helton. Todd Helton's the baseball player. Clay Helton, the head coach at Georgia Southern, a guy who got fired at USC in September last year, fired Scott Frost. Awesome side Amazing. story. Yeah. Anyway, but yes, it's incredible. how I, I, If you told me in 2018 this is how the Scott Frost era would have ended, I would have been shocked. I was convinced he was the guy that was going to take Nebraska back to the mountaintop. But for Rutgers' sake, I, I don't know. Will, will this team get rejuvenated under an interim coach? Will they just lay over and quit? And will guys, you know, similar to when Chris Ash got fired in 2019, there were some key players who decided their season was over. They were going to redshirt, enter the portal, move on. Will that happen at Nebraska? I think the next uh, week or so will be telling. But yeah, I, I think the college football world is having a really good time laughing at Nebraska's expense. I think that because of all this, I imagine a Rutgers team that could be, I don't, I'm not saying they will be, they could be five and one when they host Nebraska, they would be favored against the Huskers. If wow. they're four and two, even then, I can maybe see them being favored. Let's just let's just chop Temple first here. You're getting crazy. Uh, Nebraska may never get back to the mountaintop. I mean, that's what the people in Nebraska just can't accept. I mean, they're just they're just another program now. Right? I mean, where are you, they're you too know. they're too they have too many fans that go to the games. They 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 have too much to not be good. What do you I mean? Do. There's Southern Cal. There's, there's it cha things change. They're they're still 
30 programs you would put higher on the on the list of great college programs right now certainly they fill out an eighty thousand or however many people stadium every week yeah, you know guess. like it, it feels it's too big too much tradition they, they were national champions in my lifetime like this isn't <laughs> well Right. This is in Texas and, A&M. And we know that's not very long. <laughs> we keep on throwing that in our faces here. I'm just, I'm just saying, okay. like, yeah. I, I personally believe Nebraska has a path to come back, especially in the terrible division they play in. I just don't think it'll be this year. And I don't think it'll be in Piscataway. Break the tie, Lanny. Who's right? Who's right in the Nebraska debate? Nebraska, I just, I think they can get back. They, they still recruit at, think of all the guys from New Jersey that they've recruited lately. And they're getting guys from everywhere still, even with how bad they've been. So yeah. I don't think it's done forever. All right. Let's dive into some insider questions. That was good, true or false, uh, lively discussion. But now we've got we, people have things. They want to know things. Lots of uh, thank you again for subscribing to our tech service. If you're not a part of the discussion, I don't know what the hell you're waiting for. All right. Let's go here. This is a good one. So Alex from Freehold, one of our favorite texters, asks a lot of questions every week. Good questions. What do you make of the lack of pressure? from Rutgers defensive line against Wagner. And what do you make of the offensive line's lack of pass protection? I, I don't know, Fonzek. I don't know if I saw either one of those as a big problem. What do you think? I'm not sure what game Alex was watching. <laughs> I think Wagner um, was just like snapping the ball and tossing it as soon as they could because they didn't want their quarterback to join the punter. And uh, I, I don't think, aside from the, the drive where Wimsat was flushed out of the pocket three times in a row, I can't recall any pressure really from from Wagner's defensive line. So um, I think these are non-issues from this game. All right. Brandon from Branchburg. That's that's a cool name. Uh, this one's for you. Take this one, Pat. Will there be more Temple or Rutgers fans at Lincoln Financial on Saturday? What do you think, Pat? What Shiano said in the press conference today, there were 12 to 15 buses of okay. Rutgers students heading down. That's pretty there was big. a great contingent of Boston College. I just don't know enough about Temple and, and their fans to really give a good assessment, but I know, I know Rutgers will be well represented. I got to feel, what do you think? What do you think? I like, I got to feel this is an easy, this has got to be Rutgers. Let, let me help you out here, Pat. Temple stinks. <laughs> Does that change your estimation? Yeah, I guess, but I don't know. It's still their home game. I'm going to go. I, I'm going to go with Rutgers, I, but, not, but it's going to be close and it's not going to be certainly not going to fill an NFL stadium. That's for sure. All right. The, uh, this is, uh, here we go. The On the quarterback situation keeps on getting muckier. A good word, muckier. Simon is stepping up and do, uh, it's a good thing. But where does that leave Wimsett considering they're in the same class? Wimsett is young and will, and will improve, but Simon will as well. I'm just worried we're going to botch another opportunity with a heralded quarterback recruit, Savage, Sitkowski, et cetera. Uh, Brian, is this a real concern? I mean, if, if Simon does prove to be the better QB, I mean, remember, we, we, you know, a quarterback transferred last year. Clearly, these guys want to play. Sikowski transferred, Savage transferred. I mean, it, there's a trend of it, it. Should there be any worry about that? So the concern, obviously, for Rutgers fans is that they lose this heralded recruit and all this potential that he has. But if Simon beats him out, wouldn't that be a good sign that Rutgers has a quarterback, right? I think that's the end game here is just to have a guy that you can have that you can trust for the next two or three years. Right. I think everyone would want it to be Wimsad because of the ceiling is so much higher. But just having someone, it feels exactly like it. Sorry, Brian. It feels exactly like Savage and Chase Dodd, doesn't it, Steve? Like uh, Savage had all this potential, but Chase Dodd just kind of slowly, methodically played his way in. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I understand that Savage was more talented, the same, and I think that Wimsett's more talented than Simon. But I think Simon is more talented than Chase. I mean, Chase Dodd was essentially a. I mean, you know, he's in the program now. He's a great kid. 
played played this hard. He's a he's a baller, but he obviously wasn't a talented uh, enough quarterback to play at this level. I think Simon is. So that's the only difference I'd say there. Didn't Chase have a? Um, yeah. I don't remember this, but didn't he have like a really big game, like like first game or something, like a breakout game? Uh, I it sounds familiar. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of uh, quarterbacks switching over the years, but yeah, I mean, no, he came in and played really well early on. Yeah, and that's that's what happened. It's just. Uh, it's a different system. I think there was, there was a lot of problems back then about, you know, what the, what kind of the identity of the offense was at that time. So I bring it up only because I'm still waiting for an Evan Simon breakout game. You know what I'm saying? That's that. Right. I, I don't necessarily disagree because I haven't watched Chase Dodd. I can't say that. I just mean that I feel like I have Chase Dodd had his moments. I still am waiting for an Evan Simon, you know, moment sure. to really grab that. Good point. Excellent point. All right, here's Alex M in Bridgewater. And this is a question that's right up your alley. Fun second since you talked about it. Hate to ask, but it's on everyone's mind. Is a five and one start not only a possibility, but probable? Using the word probable, probable. What do you think? I will say possible, not probable. I continue to say that people are underestimating Iowa. Oh, totally. Uh, Their offense was an abomination to the sport of football. I watched the highlights, it was awful, but they might score, you know, 21 points off their defense alone. They're really really good defensively so and I, I think Rutgers is not that good offensively despite some of the uh the highlights they've had over the last couple of weeks so I will say though four and two I think probably that'd be great but let's not forget what happens with the in the five and one scenario let's not forget what the one is I mean there's been a, a couple times when they've gone into Columbus or they played Ohio State and just it just wrecked the confidence I mean I still have visions of poor Artsikowski <laughs> just getting destroyed in that uh, that one trip out there. I mean, it's, you know, again, so many things have to go right for this team to be 5-1. Shanna wouldn't even ask your question about playing playing a night game in week three, much less winning a night game, in, in, I mean, week four. So I can imagine how he feels about the 5-1 and one talk. Good grief. I will say that them playing at night, it could be a huge advantage because that place is going to be absolutely rocking. Absolutely. Um, Totally correct. Uh, all right. Here's one from Mike from Orlando. Take this one, Alani. Uh, with so many D1 programs tanking, I imagine there'll be players entering the transfer portal. Would the rules allow us to pull another wide receiver from the portal that could play yet this year? Wow. I don't, uh, I never wow. think about this year. What do you think? I think no. I, I think legally, yes. But for Rutgers, no. Just look. Just think back to uh, Josiah Harris, right? That was a, like a big time recruit they got from Texas A&M, who everyone was so high on when he first arrived, and the news came out. But as Greg Shiano said, we need to tamper expectations. This kid just got in the program, so a person playing right away at Rutgers off a transfer at this point seems so unlikely. Yeah, unless it's you know Justin Jefferson or someone. I doubt that. That's uh, yeah, that doesn't seem like. I mean, and I, and. Check me if I'm wrong here. I check me if I'm wrong, Fonseca. Is uh, I mean, they feel I think they're feeling decent about their receivers, even without Tosh Harris. I think so. I think the the room is uh pretty solid. I wouldn't say they're outstanding. They're not Ohio State, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I would agree. I, I, I the the midseason transfer is kind of a, a fan dream more than anything because, for example, Tosh Harris entered the portal three games into the year last year, and he didn't transfer till the offseason. I just think it would. Aside from being a logistical nightmare of joining a program midseason, it just doesn't really happen. All right. One final one from CJ Basking Ridge. What food or foods would you add to the boardwalk? Good one. I, and I, I didn't eat anything out there because the lines were long. I got there a little late. But there was a lobster truck. 
you saw this i mean that's not what I would main think. lobster yep. yeah yeah not what i would think for that zeppelis of course is standard of, of fare from the uh, uh what what did you guys notice and what, what were they missing anything um there was one truck that had like that was on food network show uh cooks versus cons and he was actually like a winner on the show and he did like boneless wings and things like that so that was a real highlight for me the food i would add I don't know if Chorus does this, but my favorite boardwalk food is the orange and vanilla twist. You know what I'm saying? Yes. From the Chorus Brothers. You got anything uh, that you want out there, Fonseca? I have to imagine they had funnel cake, right? Yes. Oreos, that kind of stuff. That that seems like a requirement. I think so. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I got got nothing else then. I'm pretty pretty easily easily satisfied on the boardwalk. The rumor is that and this is a, this is here breaking news late in the podcast, but I guess there's going to be a Ferris wheel next uh, at the boardwalk for the uh, Iowa game. How about that? Pretty good. Now, now once they get a lot, I want a, a log flume. When they get the log flume set up, we will know we've hit, we've truly hit Jersey Shore boardwalk perfection. And that's what they have to do next, right? Will Will Snooky make an appearance? Snooky. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that'd be something. Right? When I think Iowa, I think Snooky. Now. The um the one thing I was disappointed with was everyone I asked about the slide, the giant slide they had, no one went on a ride for it. I mean, what what are we doing? There's a giant slide and no one's gonna I was very disappointed with that. Is there a weight? Is there a weight limit on the fun slide? I don't know if that's something I can do at this stage of my life. All right. Come on, Steve. You can do it. I believe in you. These are just excuses. It's excuses, yes. <laughs> Chop the slide next week. Uh, all right. Uh, that's good. Thank you for the questions, everyone. A lot of good ones. Appreciate it, as always. Sorry if we missed your questions. Uh, predictions. Let's go. We all went 1-0 this week, although we had the line. Can you believe we undershot the line by eight points? We had it at, like, I think we said it was 42 and a half, and it was 50. 50. Wow. It did, get bet was- down. it did get bet down to 48 and a half by kickoff, but, yeah. yes, 50 and a half is – Oh, that's it's Ohio State versus Rutgers numbers, man. <laughs> there was a good, there was a good moment. I'm going to tell the story. I think it's not bad, but anyway, um, there's a good moment in the we were a little bored there in the second half, and Fonseca didn't think Rutgers was going to get the 60, and I just looked at him and said, "There is there is no amount of money I will not bet that Rutgers is going to score 60 points in this game." And he looks at me and says, "Well, how about this? I will I will give you a hundred dollars if they score exactly 69 points." because we're, we're children. And, and when they got the 66, I was thinking about the scenario. If I could somehow just get a, get a message down to, to Shiano on the sidelines, just kick the field goal. We'll 50 bucks each. I, you know, it'll be, it'll be great. We'll have a good laugh about it. But to, alas, they couldn't, they couldn't pull off the 69th point for me. I did. I did specifically say that if you text Greg, it does not count. It does not. Well, you I specifically said that. And also a lot of people were rubbing it in my face. I had said, I think a couple of podcasts ago, that Judah McAdamney would be a great kicker and their kicking mm. problems were resolved. He's now missed a kick in each of the last two games. But the fact he missed that first field goal saved me 100 bucks. So who is laughing now? <laughs> Don't you hate when people listen to things we say and put, bring them up later? <laughs> I only like when people say what I did right. Yeah, it's so true. Do you, you have a point to make, Pat? It looks like you're almost going to say something now. No, 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 no. Just, just hampering on brian's kicking predictions well you can go first this week what what's the line it's 16 and a half is that 17 what is it it'll be that 16 16 okay lanny gun to your head give me your prediction Rutgers wins covers uh i think i think the ground game is goes off again so i'm going uh Rutgers 42 temple 14 
Nope. Big win. Okay. Fonseca, since I'm trailing, you get to go first here. You get second here. Okay. I'm on a similar wavelength as Pat here. I will go Rutgers 35, Temple 17. Okay. So that's another cover, but close cover. All right. Well, I guess I'm gonna well, God, this is this is just a slippery slope doing this, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take time. I'll go closer game. A Rutgers win, let's say a low scoring game, like a, a 24 to 10 game. I think Rutgers will probably have one of these games where they turn the ball over a bunch. They'll be they're on the road. It's a crappy play. Atmosphere is not gonna be great. I just I just don't see them blowing Temple's doors off. Uh, trap game. How's that trap game before they play Iowa? Say you're predicting the trap game. Trap game. Yeah. Too a little early for the trap game, but no, I just think uh, defensively, you know, Greg Shannon made a great point that that game last year wasn't nearly as lopsided as the, what was the score there? Like 70 to 61, 14, 61, 14. All right. So I'm going to lose this one and be coming down to two games to you suckers, but I'm going to take the risk. All right, anything else to talk about? Eight no women's soccer. What else have we got? Anything cool? Uh, uh, the basketball recruits. How did that go? Anybody close to committing? Yes, a couple things. Um, yeah. No, I think no one is close to committing, as far as I know. Papa Conte talked to two four seven Sports this morning, or rather, the story came out this morning. Uh, he sounds like he's going to commit in November. It sounds like Memphis is starting to get involved. Uh, his oh, AAU coach at the New York Rens was just hired as an assistant at Memphis, so he, they might get an official visit. Pitt is getting involved. Our old friend Kevin Willard down in Maryland is heavily involved. Uh, Rutgers is in the thick of it again. Like I said last week, they're in the race. Uh, it's, it's an uphill battle, but they're still in it. So we'll see in a couple months. It sounds like he's going to decide midway uh, just before his senior season. Uh, they had Eris Bailey, okay. uh, five-star kid from the class of 24. He unofficially visited with his AAU team in the summer. He came on as an official visit for the game. From what I could tell, it went well. All these good to have it. Yeah, good to have him. I can't. I, you gotta get five star. That's great. Yeah, the 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 Rutgers is in the part of the rebuild or the build. I guess we should say it's not really a rebuild at this point, build. but not no rebuild. Yeah, they're part of the program where they're getting these high profile kids onto campus. Now the next step, obviously, is like closing them out at a higher rate. That is like the good to great jump that a lot of teams aren't ever able to make. Uh, I guess this is a really telling part because the next two or three recruiting classes could really change the trajectory of this program from a good Big Ten team to a Big Ten title candidate team. If they can get kids like Papa Conte, Dylan Harper, uh, you know, Bayfall, any any of those kids would change the program. And to, to go with Gavin Griffiths, obviously, who's already there. But that's all I got on hoops. Women's soccer, thrilling game on Sunday to uh, beat LSU. They were down 2 nothing early because of the rain. Uh, Sam Kerger had two goals, two really great goals from her and uh, Kylie Daigle. They're 8-0 for the second time in program history. The first time was 2015 College Cup year. Right. Um, they're undefeated in non-conference, which was a goal. Uh, and I think this team has a chance of repeating in the Big Ten, maybe finally winning the Big Ten tournament title, and honestly competing for a national championship. When you can win a game like that against an SEC team, uh, it's always very impressive. I think they can score goals, too. You're right. The highlights were great. I mean, that, that third goal was just wow. So, I mean, that's usually been their problem. They've been always been a great defensive team, but now they're scoring goals. So... Uh, that's cool. Hall of Fame class. We want to talk about that. Uh, we got C. Vivian Stringer. No surprise there. Who else is in this class? Sandra Petway, a uh, right. the first women's track coach, the first black coach at any in any sport at Rutgers. Uh, our colleague Keith Sargent has done a tremendous job chronicling her story and and the uh, the sad recent events of her, uh, you know, getting into a uh, car crash last year and, and terrible her, story. Yeah. yeah. Terrible story. Really sad to see, but um, she is, they're having a golf outing her, her name uh, during the Nebraska weekend. The details of that are in our story and uh, in Sarge's story. 
And uh, Pat Willis, who was a, back in the day when coaches used to do a billion different things, uh, she was a softball coach for 27 years, an assistant women's basketball coach for a few years. Mm-hmm. She was uh, on the AI, AIAW a national championship team in 82. She was an assistant coach for the women's basketball team. Uh, and uh, a two-sport athlete for wrestling and football completes the list. This is a nice one. This is an old school guy who, yeah, a, a friend a friend of the pod, Bill Kennedy, has been lobbying for him to get in for years. His, his old teammates. Uh, he, so this is this is a good thing that they that they uh, it's not a name people would know, but it's a good thing. Dr. Sam Crosby, he played yeah. starting quarterback at Rutgers at a time where they played, I think, the single wing where he was a quarterback, but he played a blocker. So he was, he was essentially a fullback and he was a wrestler. Uh, so those are the four uh, people in the class that will be inducted in October. Lovely. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, everything. Thanks for all the questions. Thanks to Devco. Thanks to uh, just everyone for listening. We appreciate it. We'll be back here after the Temple game to talk about that. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.